as we know, exercise is not going to fix everything. The, a huge part of it is food. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize that. They think, oh, you just, like, work out. Just because you look fit doesn't mean that you're healthy. Like, it, it, sometimes you can have the crappiest insides and look great on the outside. Hi there, veggie mates. You just heard from this week's guest, Berto Calkins. I'm your host, Matthew Davey, and this is the Veg Talk Podcast. Welcome back for another week to the regular listeners, and welcome to the show if this is your first time tuning in. It's great to have you here, and thank you for making this show a part of your week. I flew out to New York City this week to catch up with some awesome people for the podcast and to also run a marathon with a mate of mine and previous podcast guest, Bobby Nagelberg. You can catch him on episode number seven. He's an incredible human being who has a tremendously inspiring story. I highly recommend checking that conversation out. I'm super excited slash nervous for the race as it's my first time attempting to run 26.2 miles and I'll do my best to keep you updated on Instagram. In 2018, New York became a place where I personally got to meet a heap of amazing people through this show and I'm now lucky enough to call them great friends. So it's been a nice time getting back here for the, you know, the first time in about a year. I've also had a chance on this trip to meet some new people, and this week's guest is one of them. So let's shift our focus to the forthcoming conversation. So we're chatting with Berto Calkins today. You may know him as the Tattered Vegan, or as his current online name, What's Good Berto. He's a New York native and we dive deep into his personal journey from spending most of his life in the projects of Manhattan and also growing up in a low-income household. Berto gives great insight into what it's really like to live with little money, where his family and many others around him were shopping for food and also the type of people he was constantly surrounded by. I've got to thank Berto for being so open with his own journey. I really hope this story is able to positively impact some of you who listen to this show. We also cover his transition to veganism, what it was like for him to become a father at 19 years old, and also dealing with negative people on social media. Berto and I did record this one at a cafe in Williamsburg, so there is some background noise. I hope the clinking of cutlery and glass, along with the occasional blender going off, transport you to the table we were sitting at. I hope you enjoy today's show, Veggie Mates. As always, I'll catch you all on the other side. All right, Veggie Mates, we're here today in Williamsburg or in Brooklyn? What's the difference? You know, a lot of people don't consider Williamsburg Brooklyn, but it is. But okay. <laughs> yeah, well. just, uh, my girlfriend actually considers William, Williamsburg an extension of Manhattan rather than Brooklyn. <laughs> I think in terms of demographic, definitely you know and the vibe of the place yeah yeah i could i can agree with her there but yeah guys today we're at little chalk apothecary yeah in uh in williamsburg a nice little cafe here with berto calkins yes mate it's really really good to have you here thank Um, you so much for having me i appreciate your time um and yeah let's let's jump into it okay so i think like as always the first thing to get into we i love to hear just like a little bit about you know the guest background like where you're from what it was like growing up where you're from mm-hmm. um and yeah just uh yeah hit us with it 
All right, it sounds good to me. So I was uh, raised in the Lower East Side for the most part. I actually lived in Harlem up until I was four years old. But when my mother and father separated, that's when we moved to the Lower East Side. We lived in the projects out there, um, Lily and Walt projects, which I, I've lived in the projects for the majority of my life, except for when I moved to California. But um, going back to that time, like I have four other siblings, and we were pretty much just raised on like welfare and whatnot. So it was kind of rough growing up, um, kind of like not knowing where food was gonna come from at certain moments and like money, it was always an issue. So that kind of formed like how I ate as a kid as well. So let's say my mom would like, she would do her best too. And she would like usually buy us like ground beef or like chicken and like we would eat a lot of canned foods like ravioli and whatnot and there was even times where we would like have to rely on like the church to get um like powdered milk and like cheese and whatnot but i had a great experience growing up there was some like rocky moments but we were always active as kids me and my brothers and my sister she was older so like she kind of like moved out like a, a while before we actually um, were like kind of dealing with that stuff. But we were always active as kids. We would rollerblade. My mom would take us out with like a cart full of just different things, basketballs, rollerblades, hockey sticks, uh, skateboards. Like it was a, it was a lot of fun. And that kind of shaped when it, that kind of shaped how we would uh, be active, like outside and whatnot. But yeah, I went to high school. I did pretty good in high school. Also junior high school, I was pretty much getting straight A's in junior high school. When I got to high school, it was not as bad, as good of grades, but um, still did my best up until like 11th grade when I started just kind of rebelling <laughs> and whatnot but then I picked it back up in 12th grade and then went to college where I studied uh, advertising and public relations. Cool, cool. So I suppose like, you know, as kids, I suppose we don't know any better, do we? Your experience is your experience and that's what you've got. You know, you don't have someone else's experience to compare to. So, you know, you sound like a a light-hearted kind of kind of kid out playing basketball, rollerblading, staying active. Was there any connection at any point along the line that you know the food choices were you know not good for your body or wasn't making you feel good? Was there any connection there to to food and and being active? As a kid, no. When I yeah, as a, as a kid, definitely not. I started making, like, certain changes was when I was in college. I actually, my first experience with, like, veganism was, like, uh, a challenge where I wanted to go vegan for a week. And it started because I was really shy as a kid, and I wanted to, like, break out of that. So I started a blog, which was dedicated to, like, trying new things just to get me, like, outside and, you know, trying different things and experiencing um, different people and whatnot. And... I, at first, I was like, oh, let me go, like, vegetarian for a week, and 
then I was like, you know what? No, let me take it further. I'm going to go vegan. I didn't know any connection between, like, the environment, like, health and animals and whatnot. It was just like, oh, just don't eat animals. I didn't do research or anything like that. Like, I decided to do that as my first challenge, I think, on, like, a Friday and started it on, like, a Monday. So I stocked up on, like, some apples and baby carrots and, like, little little things like that, but definitely did not know what I was doing because I wasn't like I was pretty hungry like, <laughs> during that time and I remember maybe four days in when I went to like Subway and I went to get their veggie patty and I didn't know that it had egg in it so I I ate it and afterwards I was like I feel like that might have had egg in it I don't know and then I found out and I was like oh well whatever I'm just gonna keep on going with this challenge you know I'm gonna try to make it and then I went home either that same day or the next day and I was like, all right, since I've been eating, like, clean, clean, um, I think I'm going to be really cut up if I do some push-ups and, you know, work out or whatever. I literally probably did, like, 10 push-ups, and I felt like I was going to die because I was, like, malnourished. So I went to the fridge, like, immediately after, and there was, like, a gallon of whole milk because I used to drink that a lot. And I drank um, some, and I felt way better. But at that point, like, anything would have made me feel better, like, because I wasn't eating enough. So that was my first experience when it came to, like, being more conscious of, like, what I was eating. But also, I still didn't make a lot of connections. But the first time I actually uh, did something, like, a, a change in my diet was when I stopped eating ground beef. And I, I just got tired of eating it. Like, we would, like, cook it, like, every day pretty much. And... I got tired of eating it, and I went like a month of not eating ground beef, and when I went to eat again, I got sick, and I, like, you can eat a banana after a month, and you're not going to get sick, but, like, ground beef, there's obviously something wrong there, but even then, I still didn't connect that I shouldn't be eating this. I, I got sick, and it was just me kind of reintroducing it to my body, so I kept on eating it, like days after and I think initially I was just tired of like the greasiness of it but after a while I was just like fine with it yeah no it's I mean it's funny how the body can just readapt mm -hmm. to what you give it yep very quickly mm -hmm. so I think a lot of us I was talking about this this morning actually with uh, a friend's dad mm -hmm. just like a lot of people don't know what it feels like to feel good. Yeah. So we get used to this this normal mm -hmm. of you know feeding our body whatever. Yep. Whatever we're consuming mm -hmm. mindlessly, not not seeing it as as fuel. Yeah. Not seeing it as um, you know something that's going to give our body that environment to to do its to do its work. Mm -hmm. We're just thinking, oh, it's lunchtime. Exactly. Let me eat something. It's dinner time. Yeah bedtime breakfast time yep. and that's how a lot of people kind of think about food so it's interesting to hear how you kind of start navigating this connection it's yeah. uh, it's kind of cool another question i had was do you want to give us just like you know a little bit of a picture mm -hmm. of what it's like to live in manhattan mm -hmm. where so many people see as like a, a wealthy kind of place yeah um, a place that, you know, green juices, salad bars, mm. this type of stuff. Do you want to give us a snapshot of what it's really like mm. to live as, 
you know, a low-income family. Yeah. Um, and what what foods are on offer in your mm-hmm. area, and, okay. and where you typically would shop? Yeah. So, in my neighborhood, I feel like people have that um, perception about Manhattan because of like TV and whatnot, and. Even with me, like, telling somebody who's, like, from Harlem that I'm from the Lower East Side, they even have a perception of that. And they don't, they're like, oh, you're not from the hood. Like, you're, you're in a, like, nice area or whatever. I was literally raised in the projects. Like, crime is, like, up there, you know. Like, I, I've had friends get killed in, in my projects. I've, like, drug dealing and stuff like that, you know, that type of thing. And when it comes to, like, eating... We had bodegas, which is like, um, you can say mo- mostly corner stores, but just small grocery stores where you go in and there's not a lot of healthy food in there. A lot of packaged foods and like sweets and whatnot and some like household foods, um, household supplies. And I spent a lot of time eating at bodegas. Like we have food at home, but we have bodegas, then we have like pizza shops then we have Chinese restaurant then we have like Kennedy fried chicken and this is like all like back to back to back to back on like every block pretty much and we also have like supermarkets but even then um, the supermarkets are much better now but back then there was not that much stuff either like it was a lot of like unhealthy um, things and even if there was healthy things we didn't have the education to actually know like oh we can put this together and it'll be healthy. Like you just like raise eating a lot of like fried foods and a lot of animal products. Even um, when I was like really active um, at like 16 years old, I, I didn't start working out in a gym. I started working out outside. So I would just go to the park and like run the track and whatnot. And I used to think I was like a terrible runner because I would get like really bad cramps in my side when I would run. But it was because of how I was eating, like thinking back on it because what I would do is I would work out, do my push-ups, sit-ups, and then, like, run the track, squats, and whatnot. And afterwards, I would go to the bodega, and I would get, like, a cheeseburger with everything, which was greasy as hell. Sometimes I would get, like, two. And then I would get the knockoff hostess cakes. I would get Hawaiian punch candy, and I would get, like, a drink, maybe, like, a soda or, like, um, like an Arizona iced tea or something like that. And I would eat this every day after working out like of course like you're gonna feel like crap like if you think that you're just not good at something when you're just like fueling your body with a lot of mess you know so i was i was doing that for a while a while and i didn't see anything wrong with that like i thought i was like actually helping my fitness by eating like that but i was really just making it harder for myself totally no thanks to that i think that there's a lot of a lot of us out there just lack the understanding of of what it really is like, um, and yeah, I've kind of lived that life in America, mm-hmm. believe it or not. When I got to Boston, mm-hmm. didn't have a whole lot of cash. Yeah. My job didn't have a lot of income, mm-hmm. and I quickly found myself eating frozen pizzas, mm-hmm. eggs, yep, cheese, yep, and a lot of stuff from the corner store. Mm-hmm. So. I, I do empathize with that experience. Yeah. It's, you almost, I don't know, I felt like that was my only option. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I didn't have the education around how cheap 
Whole Foods can be. Yep. Not Whole Foods the place. Yeah. Whole Foods as in like beans, rice, mm-hmm. um, greens. Mm-hmm. You know, if you stick to those kind of healthy bulk items, you can make cheap meals. Oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, I yeah. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. I, I hope there's some people at home that kind of get that picture of of what Manhattan can be like yeah. for a huge portion of the population. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I found out last night there's 64,000 people in Manhattan that are homeless. Wow. You know? Yeah, I didn't on, even know that. So That's on, crazy. on top of that, there's going to be, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that are low-income families. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. There's projects all around Manhattan. Yep. Everywhere. You know? In Chelsea. Yep. Um, and Harlem. I mean, that's that's been the case for a while. Lower East Side. And... It's just like once you pass like a certain block, then you see a drastic change. And it's just like, oh, you went from this neighborhood to that neighborhood. And some people don't ever pass that point because they don't have to. But when you're actually like living in it, you also don't feel like you're welcome to go to like certain places. Like my experience, um, I for the longest time, I wouldn't go into Whole Foods because I thought that was that wasn't for me that it was for white people or whatever and that's why I kind of like that a lot of like fast food places are coming out with vegan options because I feel like it's allowing people who feel like more comfortable going to fast food places to try vegan like food out even if it's not the healthiest that can be the catalyst to eating healthier food and being more conscious so that's why I really like love that but yeah being raised in like that predicament and just like not being educated I think that that's a huge thing because like I used to eat like pretty much every morning for a while scrambled eggs like four four eggs and like five cheeses five slices of cheese and mix it up it's just cheesy I'm eggs. right there with you yeah and then me and my mom like for a while like we are eating like a pack of bacon between each of us a day like and it got to a point where we got tired of like burning ourselves with the frying pan so we just threw it in the microwave and put it on for like 20 minutes and we would just microwave the bacon like that and then we would eat it and my me and my um two of my brothers had moved out by that point so me and my brother who's like um two years older than me we and my mom, we would go through like this three liter um, soda every day, um, which was like a dollar. So it was cheap. It was cheap to eat like that. So of course you're gonna go for the cheap, unhealthy things when you're financially like unstable and whatnot, and you, you and you're not educated enough to know that you can just like stick to like the Whole Foods rather, you know. So how do we go about? finding like some kind of solution for this because it i've racked my brain about this topic and how difficult yeah. the the solution is because mm-hmm. yes education is important yeah but then you know giving like empowering people is important mm-hmm. but seeing them i suppose use the skills that are, that can be taught yeah and then applying them in the kitchen mm-hmm. to really change lives yeah because what we're seeing now is a really harsh cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So in low-income communities, there is less exposure to healthy foods. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's say you're a single mom, three kids in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. For you to find healthy food, you're going to have to go downtown 
on the train mm. or the bus, mm. you're then going to have to spend a shitload of money, yeah. more than you can afford, mm-hmm. and then you're going to have to bring it back on the train or the yeah. bus. You're probably working two jobs minimum. Mm-hmm. It's just not plausible. Like yeah, it's yeah. not a realistic thing for that human to go out and do that on top of what they're already putting themselves through. Exactly. So, yeah, I've just thought about this cycle of like, okay, low income, um, bad food, Mm -hmm. which is cheap. Yeah. But then it leads to sickness and disease, Mm -hmm. which ends up making them pay for medical bills anyway. Yep. So it's it's this horrible cycle. Mm -hmm. Have you thought about like how we go about finding like some sort of solution for this? I think a lot of it, I mean, it's starting to change now, but I think it has to do with representation of, like, people who, like, look like us actually out there and, like, showing that you can, like, eat healthier and, like, actually, like, guiding people in that way. And when you see somebody that looks like you, like, oh, you can do this, um, then it opens their minds a little bit more. But I also love that I'm seeing, like, more minorities opening up their own like vegan places or even if it's not necessarily vegan it's more based on like uh healthier in their mind you know and it's like um putting more emphasis on like fruits and vegetables and whatnot so i love that i think it's gonna take us actually like just opening up more businesses and um, then like more and more people will see that other people are opening businesses then they're going to open their own businesses and then that's going to create more of a change in the community so it's just like it'll uh, trickle down you know that way totally I love that I think that if we're able to you know get more local small business in the Bronx in Harlem Mm -hmm whatever exposing people to healthier foods Mm -hmm. yeah that's a huge step in the right direction um i know you've done some you want to do more as well but videos in the bronx yeah yeah. so kind of getting amongst your community Mm -hmm. welcoming them into the lifestyle yeah yeah i really hope we're able to push in that direction yeah so where we left off before you know you're kind of like experimenting with the blog mm-hmm. so what's happening at this point in your in your life i know you've got you've got a daughter mm-hmm. as well yeah so i suppose when do when does all this come together for you when 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 was your daughter mm-hmm. brought into the world yeah and how did that kind of impact your life at that time okay so when my my daughter was born when i was 19 i was in college and i think six days after she was born i got my first job and i was it was at starbucks so like i was just like all for it and in the past i had like looked for um, work but when i did i was kind of like i was younger so i wanted to like start working at like 14 and whatnot but like it just didn't happen like that (laughs) and i would like try every once in a while but once like i learned that my um daughter's mom was pregnant i was like all right i'm gonna really need to like be be working so i went to like an open house um for like starbucks in queens and i got hired but i was working in uh Times square area so yeah by the time she was born i was uh like ready to like start working and still in college so um that was kind of the beginning of that and it 
her being born, it made me kind of like slow down a little bit in certain aspects. And I never really was like in the streets like that, but I easily had access to like street stuff. So I kind of was like more conscious of how I was moving about things, but it still didn't like completely remove me from certain things because when my one of my friends got killed like i think i was 20 maybe 20 or 21 or something like that when he got killed i was still in college and my daughter was you know she was alive at that point but i was so angry that i started hanging out more and i was just like all right i'm gonna have to i'm gonna kill somebody like i don't care like and it was just like being that hurt from like something and knowing my friend was like the same age as me and like he lost his life or something stupid I was just like um I was just like I need to do something but eventually there was somebody who was in my neighborhood who um he I think he was a drug drug addict but he used to always like be around with me and my other friends or whatever who was like getting into kind of like dumb stuff but he told me one day he was just like you know, like, why are you even out here? Like, you shouldn't even be out here. He's an older guy, too. And that made me think. I was just like, hmm, like, maybe he has a point. Like, because he knew I was, like, you know, a good kid and stuff like that. But at that point, I kind of didn't care. But um, but after talking to him and then, like, me and my brother, we had issues, like, for maybe, like, three years. But we reconnected during that time as well. And that kind of, like, took me away from, like, being in the streets as much. So that, um, yeah, that that was kind of like a, a, a shift. And then I started just being more into, like, um, trying to make, a, like, a bigger change for myself. Because I I'm always wanted to, like, be successful. But I just didn't know how that would, like, manifest itself. But, yeah, after reconnecting with my brother and whatnot, that's when I kind of, like, remove myself from the streets like kind of permanently and I would just like do what I needed to do to like kind of like get out <laughs> no it's got to be a tough tough kind of situation because it's yeah. what you know right yeah when you're when you're growing up yes yeah. yeah I mean I yeah I can't imagine what that would be like when you refer to street stuff yeah elaborate just you know you don't have to go super deep but yeah. just you know tell us a little bit more about yeah, that kind of life. Yeah. So, um, what my friends, not me in particular, like friends and family, like uh, drug dealing, uh, robbing people, uh, yeah, things, things like that. Uh, what else? Just like random fights over like dumb stuff. Actually, when I stopped hanging out as much, I was like much younger, just because um, I, I I realized that people. A lot of people were kind of like just jealous and most of it is stemmed from like my brother because like my brother like he would get girls and stuff like that and people would just like be jealous of that so they would like try to like start things or whatever and I'm just like I'm tired of like being around it so I started like hanging out at home a lot more but I, I would still like come out every once in a while and my friend that got killed he actually was one of the people that like i wasn't real close to him by the time that he got killed but i remember um i think coming home from like college or something maybe like 
at 18 years old and he was like yo Berto like come come hang out or whatever he was always like that like and I think I'm sure he felt comfortable but because we were raised together like we went to the same school we were in the same class like a lot of our class pictures like we're right next to each other that he was just like yo come like you know hang out with me. like it's a different connection but yeah like a, a lot of that stuff was always around me but I was a good student I did my homework like fast so I can like come outside and play or whatever like I was very proactive when it came to that stuff just I felt like something was kind of guiding me like I didn't have anybody really like telling mm. me oh do your homework or whatever like my mom was there but she wasn't on top of me when it came to like getting my work done it was just like oh, I felt like it was the right thing to do and I kind of liked um making the teachers happy I would hand in my my homework real early like especially in high school like I remember times where we would get like homework assignments and I would hand it hand it in like a couple days after and it was doing like two weeks and the teacher would give me it like back like oh um just fix this like edit this or whatever I would do like four drafts by the time people would hand in one but it was I kind of like stuck to that and just blocked out a lot of the like negativity in my um in my environment even though I was always exposed to it it was really really close to me but I kind of didn't really want any part of it and then uh, my brother who's like two years older than me he kind of helped me in a way too because the times where I wanted to like hang out with him he was like nah like he would joke on me like nah you go upstairs like whatever and in a way like I'm not sure if he knew what he was doing at the time like maybe he did he just didn't want to hang out with me but at the same time he was protecting me and I think in the back of like his mind he knew he was doing that because when I did like start smoking weed and stuff like that he was like looking at me like you know why are you doing that even though he was smoking already you know that type of like, bigger brother but um he yeah he protect me like in a in a lot of ways yeah it's quite incredible yeah, yeah I think it's rare that I like handing your homework in mm -hmm. super early with no one on top of you yeah I mean that's got to be something that helps you now which yeah. we can probably get into yeah. uh, in a bit as your as your journey continues mm -hmm. yeah i mean what where do you go from there mm -hmm. when does the entrepreneur kind of lifestyle or yeah lifestyle start to become attractive to you mm -hmm. when did you want to start taking your own route instead mm -hmm. of say working at, at starbucks yeah yeah so when I was in college, I was studying advertising and public relations, and I thought that I was going to be in public relations at first, and I was, like, considering being a publicist. But then when I took, like, my ad copywriting class, that's when I was like, oh, I could be, like, in the creative side of the agency. But when I left college, I finished college, um, I moved to California, and um, the girl that I was with at the time, like, she was living in California first, and I moved out there, and it was really to, like, try something different, and we had some, some plans of just, like, kind of making some things happen so everybody could, like, uh, benefit from it. Like, even with my daughter's mom, I really wanted to, like, help her out, and um, and my daughter, and my family, you know, just those, those type of dreams. And when I was out there, I think that's when I started figuring out all right I have to like really like make something of myself and I was working at Zara at the time and I actually started working at Zara in New York but I quit and then moved to California and got rehired because money was tight and for the longest time 
I was okay with working for somebody else. Like, I was fine. Like, I was just like, no, that's too much work to, like, be having employees or whatever or doing paperwork and having, like, discussions with a friend. Like, he also told me, and I don't think he, like, realized this at the time, but he he was kind of, like, he kind of, like, persuaded me in a way to not pursue the entrepreneurial thing at that time as well because he was, like, talking about, oh, you have to do these taxes and, like, blah, 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 you know, all the, all these things. And it was just, like, another block in my mind. It's just like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. That's too much work. I'd rather just work for somebody else. That's easy. But I think over time I just got tired of being told what to do. <laughs> I got tired of being told what to do and... um I was able to grow in Zara because being from New York, I had a different type of hustle when it came to like being in California. A lot of people are like much more laid back, especially when it comes to like management for certain things. And I was just like on top of it. And certain people that I work with, they were on top of it as well, but they usually came from outside of California. So I, I, I found that um, interesting. But yeah, from there, like I, I did like a lot of like, just reading um reading different things and like really trying to like change my mindset when it came to working for other people because I knew that I wasn't happy working for somebody else and I knew it wasn't something that I could convince myself to like stay at and I tried it I tried it really hard um getting promotions getting more money and it was good at first, the first week, like, oh, yeah, all right, I'm going to do this with this money or whatever. And then eventually it's just like, nah, I can't, I can't do this. So in total, I quit Zara three times, <laughs> but they knew how, they knew how it worked. So they always like took me, took me back in. Um, and I never like burned bridges. Like, I don't, I don't like to do that um, regardless. Like, but I, yeah, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> no, some good lessons there. I think. Burning bridges mm -hmm. is a terrible thing to do. Yes. Leaving on bad terms, mm -hmm. uh, I think you've highlighted it well. You know, if you're in if you're in tough times and you're looking for a job, you're able to at least depend on them for help. Yep. Um, but when it came time to get to out go. of there and really, you know, give it a go mm -hmm. when you were ready, you know, you yeah. were, you were able to do that. Yep. So probably, I think a, a, a previous boss that I used to work for. Uh, said if you ever want to get into the entrepreneurial life mm. you need savings mm, mm. and that that's stuck with me yeah so yeah if you if you need work you want yeah. to be able to you know have those good relationships be yeah. able to depend on someone if you know if you're in a in a, in a tough time exactly when you were out in California mm. I understand that there was a quite a big shift in terms of your work life that you've just highlighted, but also your connection to to food. Yeah. And you've always been a fit guy. So I suppose it sounds like that all kind of came together. Yeah. At a time there. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about how that came to be? Yeah. So um my girlfriend at the time, she was pescatarian by the time, like, I moved out there. So she would only, like, eat seafood. And, like, that's the that was, the, like, the only source of meat that she would have. So eventually I was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to try it. I'll, I'll try something new. Um, so 
I I remember telling her, uh, and let, let's go back to like Fridays and Mondays. I think I told her on a Friday, and I was like, all right, on Monday I'm gonna start um, the the pescatarian thing. So I remember she bought me. I used to get Whopper Juniors all the time, like Whopper Junior with cheese. That was like my thing, and she would get like a like a fish fillet sandwich or whatever. So. This particular Monday that she went to pick me up from work because I didn't have a car and like she did, and she brought me like a Whopper Junior with cheese. I was like, no, like I told you, I was I was supposed to like start the challenge or whatever challenge, challenge um, like starting today, and she was like, oh, I forgot. I'm like, I'll just eat it. It's all right. She was like. No, no, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. And uh, I was like, nah, nah, don't. Like, it's not worth it. She was like, no, I'm going to bring it back. We'll get you a fish sandwich. I'll just say that um, they gave me the wrong thing. (laughs) (laughs) So we went back, and it was like the drive-thru or whatever. We went back, and they could tell that she was lying, but they still gave her the, the sandwich anyway. So that was the start of that. And, like, in my mind, like, I was prepared for it, so I really wanted to make that change. So, switched out the Whopper Junior with cheese for a fish sandwich, and I ate it, and I was like, all right, cool, cool. So, wait, we would regularly go to, like, uh, Cheesecake Factory, get, like, the salmon with, um, I think it was, like, miso dressing on it or something like that. It was really good. And I would always say, as long as I have, like, something, then I'll be good. Because, like, you know, people would be like, oh, you don't miss this. I'm like... As long as I have shrimp, I'm good. Like, I don't, like, I'm I'm good. So, the funny thing is, like, every time I said I, as long as I have this or I I just need this, then I would just give it up after a while. So, we're, I was pescatarian for two years, and there was one time that we went to a supermarket, and we went to buy, like, a tuna steak, and it was changing colors. It was turning, like, purplish. And we went to a sales associate there who was really nice. And we were like, is this okay to eat? Like, and he was like, no. He was like, don't eat it. He was like, and to be honest, there's been so many recalls with the fish here. Like, you don't want to do it. And in the past, I heard le- learn about, like, mercury levels and whatnot. So we thought about it. Just like, all right, I guess we're going vegetarian. <laughs> so we just went vegetarian um, during that time. And then after that, I was like, oh, as long as I have my honey bun pastries and my, my bear claw pastry, I'm good. Like, I, I'm good. But then I remember she sent me an article um, that said, like, it was bad karma to eat animals. and um, Or, yeah, to wear animals, eat animals. And then that got me thinking. And I have, like, karma tattooed on my, my arm. So I was just like, oh, I feel like a hypocrite if I was to continue like consuming animals in any way and have this, you know, on my arm and have this, this belief. So then from there, like we thought about it a little bit and then we went vegan. Yeah. And I've been vegan for, I think five years, five and a half years now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's really cool. Tell us a little bit about karma. Why you got it tattooed on your, on your body. Yeah. And, yeah, just the the belief kind of behind karma. So, I got karma tattooed because like I was dealing with like a lot of negativity when it came to like my daughter's mom at the time, and it wasn't all on her. Like I, I felt like I was playing like a major part in like the negativity, and I felt like anything that I would do that 
was like sneaky you know cheating i wouldn't say cheating because like we at that time we were like in a complicated situation but the situation should have been like fixed back then but it was still like a lot of things like that and i kept on feeling that energy coming back to me and i was just like yeah i need i need to change just i need to stop stop doing that and like get my stuff together so i got karma tattooed to remind myself to like always like or try my best to put more positivity out there and live in alignment with my beliefs more and yeah not um not be feeding into the negativity cool yeah i like it i think um I think it kind of stems from like a Hare Krishna mm-hmm. mentality yeah. or, you know, what they're into. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to claim to know a lot yeah. about Hare Krishnas, but yeah, I think I've heard John Joseph talk about mm-hmm. when you, you know, leave this world mm-hmm. as, a, as a human, yeah. you face all the, I suppose, the negativity mm-hmm. that you did put out in the world mm. when you're crossing you know to the next life mm. so i think i've heard him talk about like yeah. the animals that you eat for example mm. like you're eating someone yeah and when you pass to another life mm. you have to face those people or those yeah. someones yeah so you know put out good intentions good mm. vibes act in mm. Um, you know the best interest of of others, yeah, and it will yeah come back to you. Uh, it's an I don't know. It's an interesting mm. kind of uh, thing to think about. Yeah, it's, it's quite cool. So you mentioned relationships there. Were they tough for you growing up after you know having having a child early on, not being with um, your daughter's mom? Yeah. How have how have you have how have you evolved in relationships over the journey? Yeah, so I, for the longest time, I've had commitment issues. And me and my daughter's mom, we got together when we were 16. We were in high school. And um, at 17 years old, I was just like, oh, I want to go on a break because, like, you're my first girlfriend. I want to, like, experience, like, different girls and stuff like that. And that was, like, a no-no because we were still interacting like we were together but um i was talking to other girls which would like start like a lot of issues and yeah from then on um well originally when i was with her i was just like i don't want to be that same type of person like my father was or like certain issues that like my brothers were having and stuff like that it's just like i don't want to keep on like repeating the same cycle of like dealing with like bad relationships and that's why i tried in the past but then i was just like uh no you know it was just like i was kind of all over the place but also one thing that i was afraid of as like a young person was like losing somebody so the thought of being in a relationship with somebody and then them like passing away then that would kill me i was just like nah then i'm not gonna let somebody get that close to me where i'm like hurt from losing them you know and that's like robbing your yourself of a good experience a great experience and that's why i've had complicated like relationships in the past because i was just always like afraid of commitment and then i would sabotage like things that felt like they were going too right after a while it was just like 
yeah, this is like this is too smooth right now. Like, let's start some drama, you know, like, and not like purposely like knowing. But I think that's really where what it was stemming from. Just like you don't have like I didn't have good role mo- role models when it came to like relationships and whatnot. So it was just like repeating the same thing over and over and over until like, all right, you're actually gonna have to like make a a change here and that change uh is hard it's hard to do but it takes a lot of like um reflection and confronting yourself and like telling yourself like you're like you're kind of a mess right now you need to write certain things down just to write down your thoughts ask yourself why you feel this way getting to the roots of everything rather than just constantly blocking it out i can block things out easily like um really really easily and I knew that that wasn't really like helpful for me because when I would block those things out they would come back in anger and that's why like now like I don't I don't really feel sadness like I it's rare that I cry my sadness manifests in anger and it's just happy and angry like sadness is like rare like it doesn't really happen that much but in the relationship i'm in now with my with my um girlfriend like she's so like communicative and that that helps but it took me also just sitting down and being like all right make this work and also for my daughter like i don't want to constantly have like different people around her and her looking at me like Oh, like somebody else, somebody else, somebody else. And it hasn't really been like that in the past. Like she hasn't met like too many people, mostly like friends. I tend to have like a lot of girlfriends um, rather than male friends. And I just don't want her to like grow up thinking that it's okay to like be jumping from this person to this person and having like drama filled relationships. And like I want to be a good example for my daughter and yeah (laughs) totally stems from your own kind of life yeah you've learned from it Mm. and you're able to i suppose see what may have been a little bit more beneficial yeah totally how old is your daughter now she's 11 oh cool wow yeah (laughs) so she's like what she's going into like that kind of like teenage high school or you guys call it middle school, but yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. kind of phase. So, so she's like, it's so interesting. Like over this past year, I've seen such a drastic change with her. Like when it comes to like communication, like she'll text me and I'm like, that is weird. Like she texts me like a, a normal human being and not say that like kids aren't normal human beings, but it's a different type of communication. It's just like, oh, she actually like enjoys like being around me and stuff like that. So it, it's, it's pretty interesting to have a kid that age especially when you're not that old yourself i'm 30 i'll be 31 in december so it's just like i'm her father and she knows that but then we interact like brother and sister sometimes where it's just like oh like i'm i make fun of her all the time like i don't care and like it's just like comfortable because i don't want it to be like uh, a thing of like oh just do this all the time do that whatever when i need to like i'll tell her but at the same time like where we have fun and I want her to be able to like communicate with me when it comes to certain things. That's cool. I think, I mean, that's got to come back to our experience as 11 year olds. We didn't have an iPhone in our hands texting our parents Mm. 
for them it's so like innate it's like natural yeah to have this piece of technology yep. so it's it's their way of communicating yeah you mm-hmm. know it's it's very natural to them because they've just been in that world yeah so yeah i can imagine that's so weird like yeah oh yeah it's my my daughter texting uh, yeah me. texting <laughs> it's kind of kind of weird yeah. now that's cool how does the how does the relationship go with your your daughter's mum, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and feeding her oh yeah how is that i mean that must be a tricky kind of you know path to navigate yeah it was really tough in the past like terribly tough because like when i did move back um to new york um i we 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 went through the court system uh for a while for a while because like i I felt like she was trying to like stop me from um, seeing my daughter, and it it was just like a lot of back and forth like that. So like we ended up going to court to like settle like um, custody and visitation that type of thing. And one of the things that they brought up in court was that I was vegan and I was like feeding my daughter like vegan food or whatever. No, it was that bad. So like. It it was to a point where they were saying um, that I had to sign documents, like and like vegan stuff is like actually like written on like certain documents where it's just like, oh, um, we're not opposed to it, but you have to ease into blah 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 that type of thing. But I was I, I see my daughter every other weekend, so like what more easing? Like you know, I'm just saying like when she's with me that she's going to be, like, eating the way that I feed her and it's going to be healthy. And, you know, like, I have to kind of – I feel like in my mind, like, even now, I count, I try to counteract what she eats on a um, daily basis, which I don't know exactly all the time, but her mom is a lot more open to it now than in the past. And, like, she's mentioned, oh, like, you kind of, like, take over when it comes to, like, this stuff. And I, and I just tell my daughter, like – I just share whatever information I need to, like, I kind of, like, train her now, too, like, when it comes to, like, working out. Um, Like, sometimes we'll go to the park, and I'll have her doing different exercises. But as we know, exercise is not going to fix everything. A huge part of it is food. And I I think a lot of people don't realize that. They think, oh, you just, like, work out. Just because you look fit doesn't mean that you're healthy. Like, sometimes you can have the crappiest insides and look great on the outside that's why I like um besides like steroid use so like a lot of bodybuilders having like heart issues and and whatnot because it's the way that they're eating like they look great right but they're feeling that fueling their body with a lot of meat and dairy and stuff like that that is like really like hurting them and they're dying at younger and younger ages so um but yeah back back to my daughter like we have gotten to a point where like it it's there's no issue when it comes to how i feed my daughter like i don't i don't hear anything and that's a complete change from how it was before it was like it was pretty rough and I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody but and I used to speak on it a lot more like during that time but 
um, I stopped because I was getting like a lot of like negativity when it came to it, and I was just like, you know what, I'm just gonna like not even deal with it. I'm not gonna put it out there. But when I was putting it out there, I also got a lot of people who are dealing with the same things hit me up like, oh, I totally understand my my daughter's father is not vegan and he tries to feed her that or my son's you know that type of thing so but it's much better now yeah thanks for being super open about that i mean that's a that's a tough uh a tough situation yeah it's funny how being vegan gets into the paperwork yeah as opposed to the complete opposite yeah you know like talking about children and food mm-hmm. I, that conversation is going to evolve we're, yeah. we're, we're at a point now where it's still the norm meat dairy eggs yeah right it's the norm people don't really bat an eyelid mm-hmm. but i think we're going to get to the point where dairy especially is mm-hmm. seen as a form of child abuse oh yeah you know we're, we're seeing people like gregor dr gregor mm-hmm. being able to link autoimmune disease yeah. um, autism mm-hmm. to dairy yep uh, type 1 diabetes like yeah. you know early onset diabetes mm-hmm. for, for kids yeah that's how dangerous yeah da- dairy can be yeah we don't we just don't see it as dangerous we yeah. see it as just a completely normal food for humans yep wholesome yeah exactly <laughs> it's um and like I still understand where those people are coming from because yeah. we've been brought into that world. Yeah. But then on the other side of it, just seeing it from a logical perspective where like, okay, we're not cows. Yeah. Why would we be drinking the milk from a cow? Exactly. That logic alone to me was enough to be like, oh, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. You know? Yep. <laughs> so I think that conversation around children and food will evolve. Uh-huh. And we're seeing it right here in New York City with the um, the school system taking out like processed meat. Yes. Yes. So they've just done that. It's, that's huge. Yeah. I mean, this is a type one or t- type A, whatever they, mm. they class it as carcinogen. Yeah. Mm. Again. A lot of us don't see it as that way because yeah. we, we went to the baseball games and had hot dogs and whatever. Exactly. It seemed very normal. But in reality, the science is telling us that, hey, it's a carcinogen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's what we're used to. Yeah. It's the facts. Yeah. We need to act on those facts for the future of our kids. Exactly. So I'm stoked to hear that, you know, that kind of conversation in your family yeah. has evolved. Yeah. And another thing I find, sorry to talk so much. Oh, here, no, you're good. But um, another thing I find interesting there is the fact that you got a lot of pushback when you were trying to educate. Yeah. Then you stopped. Mm-hmm. And that's when she started to become more open yeah. to mm-hmm. it. I find that in a lot of relationships, whether mm-hmm. it be uh, parents, mm-hmm. girlfriends, ex girlfriends, yeah. husbands, ex husbands, mm-hmm. whatever it is that initial outpouring of information mm. tends to be where the backlash comes in. Yeah. Then there's that phase where you stop. Mm-hmm. And that's the phase where 
people, it starts to marinate. Yeah. It starts to sink in for them mm. and they start making changes on their own. Yeah. They start becoming more open. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I found that with a lot of people and it's funny. There's definitely a trend there yeah. in terms of how we go through that phase. Yeah. Very I, cool. I think that also like a part of, a part of it was like I, I did get tired. I just got tired of like the negativity and I think during that time, like, I, I was just like, you know what, whatever. If you need me to sign this, I'll sign it, whatever. I'm just going to agree because I can't keep dealing with this. Like, it feels like I'm in, like, the Matrix, like, how they're not getting it. And I was just like, whatever. I, and at that point, I was just trying to, like, protect myself because I felt like they were kind of attacking me being, like, a father. So um, after that, like... I think maybe like a year after that, maybe what the health um, came out, and I found that a lot of people, even with my following, I've I've had like a pretty big following on Instagram for like the past three years or something like that. No, longer than three years. It's, it's been a little while, and no matter what my following is like, and I I'm, I mentioned this before. Sometimes the people closest to you, they're not gonna hear you. Because they need some, they need something else to uh, co not convince them, but like um, push them a little bit more. I now I just plant seeds. That's what I I do. Like I'm, I give you the information, you do whatever you want to do with it. And if you're gonna deal with the repercussions of it, that's gonna be on you to deal with it. But I just would feel guilty if I wasn't to like share the information. But what the health definitely helped other people around her to go vegan, which also probably helped her like be more open-minded to that. And yeah, I, I definitely like, I, I love that. <laughs> what the health is a really good seed. Yeah. It's a great seed to plant. I feel mm -hmm. like they just tackle it in a, a, logical approachable way yeah easy to digest yeah it's not super sciencey mm -hmm. uh, and it makes a lot of sense so i yeah. think that's why it's resonated with so many people mm. another documentary if you are listening and kind of teetering on the edge of veganism or exploring a plant-based diet is the game changes i mean it's mm. just come out um, especially if you're an athlete yeah uh, have you seen it i haven't seen no? it yet it's yeah. really good mm. and i think it's coming out on netflix next week mm. so you know, most people have Netflix this, these days. Yeah. Uh, it's just hit number one on iTunes, all-time documentaries. That's amazing. In two weeks, That's three amazing. weeks. That's amazing, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I, I think it shows where's, where people's attention is gravitating. Exactly. It's, it's going that way. Exactly. So, yeah. And as an athlete, I think, I mean, you know the stuff, yeah. but it's still cool. It's good, yeah, It's still see. cool to see. Yeah. So, coming back to New York... You know, I suppose different mindset, different career path. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a that's a big change uh, yeah. for you. I want to get into the social media stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you mentioned you've had a following for a good three years now. Yeah. You're building up YouTube. That's mm -hmm. like over ten thousand subscribers. Yeah. That's no joke. That's pretty cool. Yeah. How do you deal with the I suppose the negativity of social media. Yeah. Obviously, there's lots of positives. You're able to plant yeah. seeds. You're able to help people change mm -hmm. their life for the better. But 
you know, inevitably social media has that kind of dark side. Yeah. So, yeah, how do you, how do you go about the negative comments on YouTube yeah. or the negative comments on Instagram? What's mm-hmm. your way of dealing with it, tackling it, however you want to, you know, put yeah. that? I, I have kind of a representation of, like, just getting rid of people out of my life like easily when i find that they're not good for me like if i find something i'm just like yeah you're like too much of a, like a negative person then i'll cut you off so that's no different from social media <laughs> like i'll block people i'll delete their comments and stuff like that but some days like it gets to you where you just like you respond back and you're just like curse somebody out and that's one thing that i like for people to know that like veganism is not going to make you like an extreme peaceful person and i've had somebody um tell me in the past before like i was telling them yeah i went like vegan for animals and then i was telling them about my story and like certain things about like being in different situations with people where i was like i would like want to beat them up but that was because they were like bringing drama to me and they're like oh but you gotta be peaceful or whatever i'm like no, the veganism doesn't mean like just like walk away from somebody hitting you. Like you got to protect yourself sometimes and like that's just how I am. Like I'm not going to magically just be like a oh just do whatever you're going to do to me and then like you'll deal with that in like the future or whatever. No, I'm going to defend myself. That's just 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 how it is. When that person comes to you, negative comment yeah, you don't, I suppose you don't have to just tolerate it yeah. and let them come back and come back and yeah, come yeah. back because they're going to come back. They're, yeah. they're not going to stop. So you like to use like block, delete, yep. get out of my life. Yeah, so it's rare that I respond to, yeah, going back to that, like it's rare that I respond like to people in a negative uh, way because I'm just like, it's not worth my energy. But if you catch me on a bad day, then I will respond. And I'm just like, oh, why did I respond to that? It's just going to keep on going. You'll get angry, Berta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, I could be like the nicest person, but then like, I can be like the worst person. Like if you like get on my, on my um, bad side, but I don't like to be that person. Like I've dealt with a lot of things like that in the past. And like one of the things that I'm proud of that people probably look, look at me is just like, oh, that's kind of weird. Whenever I would get angry, I would punch holes holes through like um, doors, like glass or whatever. And the more recent time was years ago, but I punched like a hole through a microwave and I cut my hand up and I have like scars all over my hand um, from it. And before that, I had a long time of not doing stuff like that so by that time i was like all right i have to make a change so um i I made a change there but yeah i I just i don't like to be in that negative mind state if i am it's really in the gym just to use me use it like i i use it to um like work out harder but then once i leave the gym i'm like no, let it go. Change my music. Um, listen to something a little bit more, you know, soft and just chill out because I don't want to be carrying that stress everywhere, that, that anger, because it's heavy. And um, what used to happen to me, I would get a lot of tension, tension in my neck. And that was really just from carrying so much, like, anger and, like, 
stress on me and now i'm just like more relaxed i try to be more relaxed you know you seem pretty chill <laughs> yeah. man you seem pretty chill <laughs> Thank you. i think what you're you're getting at there is rather than defending yourself mm-hmm. it's more defending your energy yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. you don't want you know if they're going to comment okay mm-hmm. i can't control the comment yeah but i can control my reaction exactly. to the comment so i can either expend a whole bunch of energy writing up this angry response mm-hmm. it doesn't get us anywhere yeah you know yeah it really doesn't get us anywhere so what i see is yeah people with a large following either saying look yeah this is a safe place for dialogue discussion mm-hmm. is okay yes but you know giving each other a whole bunch of shit yeah is not okay mm-hmm. if you do that in this place yep you're gone you're out of here and yep. i think that's a cool way of dealing with it uh, another way uh, someone like a james aspie mm-hmm. he's really good at flipping the negativity into some serious positive yeah, yeah. change yeah he comes at them with love mm-hmm. which sounds super hippie mm-hmm. you know woo woo bullshit yeah but he really comes at them from a point of like okay what if we start shifting the perspective towards this mm-hmm. i don't know he's got a gift of turning yeah a, a negative into a, a positive so mm-hmm. whichever way you want to go about it yeah it's ultimately positive for the creator yeah because they're not carrying that yes that energy that heavy shit with mm-hmm. them uh, around all day mm-hmm. and it builds and it builds and it builds yeah and then it ends up being a hole in the microwave yeah yeah, exactly. Because like we have social media, but we exist outside of social media, especially if you're in New York, like you're dealing with certain things and like running into certain people or people who just their aura, you know, about them. Like sometimes you'll see neighbors and they're just like they have just a real nasty energy to them. And I'm just like, you know, I want to move. And then you go to like social media and then you have a bad comment and you're just like, I'm dealing with this and then whatever else like it it could be a lot because it's not just that it's like a bunch of little things happening throughout your day and people like on social media who are like leaving these comments they don't care like because they're looking at you like you're a robot or something like that you're not a real person and that's why sometimes in the past I've been like wanting to like all right I'll, i'm gonna find you you know and uh, and i really would like go on a search like to try to figure things out and along the way i would be like all right let me just stop but it's because i want them to realize that i'm a human being and like you can't just talk to anybody like that because if somebody was in the street and they talk to me as they do on social media sometimes it would be a fight right away like it would like it would just be completely different but um you know it's a it's a safety net to have a screen in, in front of you rather than you being like right in front of the, in front of the person and saying like negative negative things. But I, I understand like hurt people hurt people. They're sad. Like if you if you have that much time to be leaving negative comments and like going back and forth with somebody, then you're obviously not in a happy place in your life, and you need to fix that. That's not my problem. That's something that you have to deal with. So like keep on doing whatever you do like i wish you the best of luck but like eventually it's going to catch up to you you're going to say that to the wrong person and that person is going to find you or like 
yeah, because I've seen it happen before too. There, there was like another like big account that um, he said something like neg- negative about me and uh, like a few other people like online or whatever. I'm not gonna get like that deep into it, mm-hmm. but I didn't even respond. I was like. Honestly, I don't deal with stuff like especially if you're in New York, I don't deal with stuff on like social media. Like it, eventually we're probably going to run into each other and we could talk about it. Like and I'm probably not going to run up on you and like just hate you or something like that, but we can talk about it because people just have this thing where they think that people are just like nice all the time or they don't have feelings and like they won't like react a certain way and not that I'm promoting like any violence or anything like that, but if you catch somebody on a bad day, then they they might just do, <laughs> right. do something that is not normally in their character to do. Totally. I think what you're getting at is uh, an issue that we're going to be dealing with mm-hmm. for a longer time yeah. as, you know, as technology evolves. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we're on our screens more and more and more. Yeah. It's actually why I like doing these interviews yeah. in person mm-hmm. as much as possible. Yeah. Like 90 nine percent of them have been in person Mm. it's completely positive environment but you get the connection yes so like i don't know what it is like if we were on a screen yeah i still see you yeah right but you do lose the connection Mm -hmm. there's you know a lack of feeling um behind the conversation yeah so yeah i i see where I see where you're coming from. Mm. The, the screen is just this, this wall. Yeah, exactly. And we feel untouchable behind mm. this screen. Mm. So, yeah, I think the general rule just should be, if you wouldn't say it to someone in person, yeah. don't say it to them on social media. I agree with you. So, tying this in with mental health, you know, we can get cluttered with social media, mm. whether it be... Oh, I don't have enough followers or yeah. oh, I'm not getting enough, you know, activity on my, yeah. my page. I think we have all as entrepreneurs mm-hmm. can experience this. Yeah. But I think what I'm starting to understand now is it's it's a tool to to get to more people. Yeah. Don't worry so much about the you know, the likes, mm-hmm. the subscribers, the whatever. Yeah. Just, you know, keep getting your stuff out there the mm-hmm. way you want in a consistent form. But um yeah it can be that it can be the comments from people mm-hmm. um the fixation around social media yeah. it can start to consume us mm-hmm. how do you you know i suppose you kind of referred to it off air before with mm-hmm. with meditation that yeah. little that little routine that you you mentioned yeah yeah Tell us a bit about that and how it might be able to help with mm-hmm. with the negative stuff around social media. Yeah. I haven't done this routine in a while, but yeah. I actually got it from Rich Roll where it was like a combination of, I believe it was meditation first and then having like tea and then like journaling. And that helped me a lot. And actually when I met Rich Roll, like I told him, like, I I was like, yeah, I got this from you. And he was like, yeah, I haven't done it in a while. I need to get back on that. But it's so, it's so helpful to do that. And like, I need to get back on that too, because it's like you wake up in the morning and you check your phone and then you have like a bunch of negative, negative comments, or even if it's not negative, when you're doing like entrepreneurial type things, you have 
emails, you have texts, you have a bunch of things that you need to like take care of. So it's important to get your mind right before you attack that. And I haven't been so great about it like lately, but um, what I like to do rather than um, meditating is like working out early. Once I work out, then I'll, I'll be able to like sit down and go through my emails and stuff like that. There was a long time where I, there was like not very urgent emails that I needed to get to, but pretty urgent. And I was just like, I'm not responding to this until I work out. Like there's liter- literally no way that I'm going to sit down and go through this right now because you're not th- going to get the best of me when it, when it comes to that. I'm not going to be able to give you a good opinion. I'm probably going to be really short about it and I'm not going to like really give a good like solid um opinion like on where i stand with certain issues or whatever so i love to work out as early as possible partly because like the gym is a little bit like more empty (laughs) during that time but also it sets me up for um attacking the day in a in a better mind state yeah yeah i like that i think i i really want to start incorporating yeah that wake up early clear the head mm. and then attack the day yes because what i think i mean right now i've been struggling with kind of just getting everything in an organized mm. routine yeah so i like the either working out or meditating yeah it sounds like a really good way to clear the head mm. and then approach whatever you know you've got ahead you'll be more grounded you'll be yeah. clear mm. you will you know the endorphins are rushing from a workout mm. Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely definitely beneficial. Yeah. Also, another thing um, that I love is like watching funny YouTube videos in the morning. A laugh, like people will sl- like sleep on laugh, like laughing in the morning, that'll change everything for you. Like or listening to some like good like um, music, some something chill, but laughing in the morning maybe watching like a stand-up um comedy or just like like prank like a like not like a aggressive prank you know not anything mean but something that's like silly but lighthearted, that type of thing but something that makes you laugh love it like it it definitely makes me feel better when i'm like approaching the day as well totally yeah i like that i've never thought of that yeah yeah i think the information we consume I mean, it really, whether it be, I mean, information, you could see information as uh, food, mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, YouTube, yeah. music. Uh-huh. Information comes into our body in a, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Hey, you know, laughing, smiling, being happy mm. is a great way to start the day. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, we've all been here, but like rolling out of bed, yeah. checking the phone, yeah. getting straight into. Yeah some kind of scrolling rabbit hole mm-hmm. you never come out of those rabbit holes yeah in a good state of mind yeah it's kind of just like hazy blank uh-huh. state of mind so yeah i like i like that man yeah that, there's you. some good good tips for <laughs> for starting the day on yeah. on a, on, a, on the right foot mm-hmm. i mean we've got through you know over over an hour now mm-hmm. it's been a really good conversation and i appreciate your openness oh, no i think it's been a real Uh, learning experience for me Mm -hmm. in terms of just understanding more about our wider community yeah because we need to welcome Mm -hmm. more people into our community i think into the health and wellness vegan community yes there there shouldn't be any barriers there shouldn't be any boundaries Mm -hmm. uh as to 
as to who's in or out. Yes. Uh, so yeah, thank you, thank you for that. Um, no I mean, we haven't even got into guys for, for you at home. If you haven't checked out Birdo on Instagram or YouTube yet, he's at What's Good Birdo, all one word, all lowercase. This guy's jacked. Thank you. <laughs> we thank have you. not even spoken about you know the gym yeah. working out. Let's just all know this. You can get jacked on plants. Yes, like definitely. It, I don't think it needs to be part of the conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. It's it's out there. You can yeah. you can just see, you know, see what people are doing. Mm-hmm. We don't need to get into the the deep science of it. We don't need to know the information at that level. Yeah. I think it's just so obvious that yeah. we've got elite athletes, we've got personal trainers, mm-hmm. we've got bodybuilders, mm-hmm. all working out on a plant based diet. And having the opposite of negative experiences. Yep. They're having better recovery. Um, you know, they're experiencing gains. Yeah. It's just not an issue. Yeah. Do you still do you still get asked where do you get your protein? Uh, yes. I actually worked at Equinox for three months and <laughs> in that time, um, even from other personal trainers, like they asked me and I was just like damn, you really don't know. Like, you're really, like, clueless when it comes to, like, nutrition, like, the most basic things. But I guess when you go vegan, you kind of, like, get forced to, like, learning more um, nutrition-type things. And it's because people ask you that so often, and you're just like, what? Like, I I need to be more educated on how to talk to people because you can know, like, what's working for you, but... It's another thing to actually, like, communicate it, like, you, just that feeling, you know? But I, I've gotten that question, like, a few times, especially, but not in, like, a negative way. When I go to um, the gym, if I'm, like, wearing, like, a vegan shirt, then I haven't gotten it in a while, but I would get, like, really peri- people who are, like, very curious, like, where do you get your protein? Because they don't know. They literally don't know, and I just, that's a... a a way that I can educate somebody and just, you know, give them that information in, in that way. So, yeah. Yeah, I think as frustrating as the question is, it's an opportunity every time. Mm. Every time we get asked that question, yeah. we have to treat it as if it's the first time exactly we ever got asked that yep. question. I know it's frustrating. I know it's annoying. But, uh, again, it comes back to understanding empathy of the other person's position. Mm. Um, And I think, yeah, I said before that we don't need to know this on a deep scientific level to explain ourselves. But there there are going to be people that want it told in a deep scientific way. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean we have to know that. um, But if if we have some resources that we can Mm -hmm. give to those people that are, you know, super uh, scientific on on their research, um, yeah, the resources definitely help Mm -hmm. because... You know, I'm I'm not going to be able to describe to someone, you know, the the foods and the interaction in the body, and you yeah, know, yeah. on a on a on a deep level. But mm-hmm. like, I'll point him towards Gregor, yeah, or yeah, yeah. you know, his nutritionfacts.org yes. or something like that. Um, but yeah, I like the way you go about it, man. Uh, yeah. A t-shirt in the gym is also yeah, it's a good little <laughs> activism uh-huh. statement. Yeah. Oh, you're vegan. Oh. Uh-huh. Okay. Especially when you're like out. I mean, I'm not the strongest person, but when you're outlifting a lot of people around you, and they're just like, 
oh, like, you lift a dabby right there, like, and you're vegan, though, shoot, and I have it tattooed on my hand, so, like, yep. whenever I'm getting somebody, like, spotting me on a bench press, I'm just, like, they probably see that, like, I'm, I'm sure they see that, if they don't, then, I mean, they see my shirt, yeah. <laughs> but, like, it doesn't um, really incite, like, so many questions uh, more recently, but, planting seeds like going back to that like we're just planting seeds so if they see that then they might you know make a change in their life or do a little bit of research on their own and you might not never see them again but you've you've influenced them in a way and you don't have to be an influencer to influence people you influence people just by interacting with people when you like walk out the door and I get influenced by people, you know, when when I walk out the door. So, like, that's just how it happens. Definitely, definitely. So, starting to wrap things up here, what is next for you? What kind of, you know, what kind of plans have you got for the future? Mm-hmm. Any projects going on? Mm-hmm. So, right now... Um, I'm really like focused on like growing my YouTube account like even more and what else am I doing? I, I'm still like personal training but I'm trying to like go the online coaching um, route because I'm getting like a lot of people who are reaching out to me in like different states and like further boroughs and stuff like that and I honestly don't have that much time to be like personal training like in person like clients so gonna go towards the online coaching thing and also while i'm doing this i am doing uh e-cornell plant-based nutrition so i am actively doing that like um i have like two more courses uh to to go before i get that certification and next year i'm planning on probably getting like a yoga um certification just because i've been interested in that for a while and i i've practiced but I don't like practice like consistently, but I understand like the the benefits of it. Like besides just like being more like calm, it's great for athletes. So um, incorporating that into my um, regimen or my arsenal of uh, <laughs> certifications as well. So that's that's like the more like current plans, and I always have like a bunch of other things that I'm working on. Nothing that comes to the mind right now, but whether it's like merchandise, like my t-shirts and like uh, enamel pins and whatnot. So it's just like, I'm always working on something. (laughs) Cool, cool. No, thank you for the time today, man. Thank you you. for, again, being just so open with your story. I, you know, there's so much we can learn Mm -hmm. from you. So yeah, really appreciate that. Good luck with everything in the future. I'm looking forward to seeing, um, you know, you progress through, yeah, exactly what you just went to. Uh, yeah. I like the, you know, the sound of the yoga certification. Yeah. I really want to do that e-cornell yeah. thing as well. Yeah, so yeah. it's been so so far so good. Like a lot of things I knew, but also you might pick up on something that's small that just changes every like everything. It just makes your uh, message that more uh, effective. So yeah. Awesome, guys. Go and check out Birdo. What's good, Birdo, on Instagram and YouTube. And uh, yeah, have a great day. See you later. Thank you. Hi, guys. Thanks again for tuning in to the show today. I really do appreciate all of you who listen, share, and review these episodes. I thought Birdo's story today was incredibly inspiring and also one which gave me a much deeper understanding of what it's like to have an upbringing very different to my own one. 
When I come to Manhattan, I see a huge divide between the rich and the poor, and also a divide within the vegan community. There seems to be very little interaction between people who live way uptown and those who live in you know, the middle parts and lower parts of Manhattan and Brooklyn. I hope we can continue to welcome more and more people into the health and wellness circle, uh, not just here in New York, but also around the world. If you've made it all this way, thank you for sticking with me. And if you'd like to show us some support, please leave a rating and review through the Apple Podcast application on iPhone. It's one of the best ways to help. It's free and along with sharing your favorite conversations on social media, it is a huge help and we really appreciate it. We are edging closer and closer to 100 worldwide reviews. It's a nice little milestone and one we hope to surpass in the near future. So thank you. Next week, we are welcoming Carlos Bobadilla back to the podcast. He was our guest way back on episode number two. So I highly recommend uh, you go and get to know Carlos on that episode if you haven't already listened to it before we jump into next week's conversation. You can find him over at Bobo underscore Cooks on Instagram. Have a great week, everyone. Keep it plant-based. And I'll see you all next week for another installment of Veg Talk.